Hello, and welcome to the What's Next podcast. My name is Liz Smith, owner of Liz Smith Law, and on this show, I share conversations to investigate building and leaving your legacy, estate planning for young families, supporting aging loved ones and parents, and other topics around aging, death, and other life transitions that will affect each of us. This is your source for hard-to-find resources in Southeast Alaska and beyond. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get each and every episode of our show. Hey, just a quick note about this episode you're about to listen to with Heather Skaggs. We did have some technical difficulties during our recording. You'll hear some parts where one of us is, the volume is slowed down, and we did have to cut some parts, but hopefully we put this together so that it was definitely a great conversation with Heather. I think you'll learn a lot and uh, please just be patient uh, with us and I'll try and figure out this whole technical part. All right. Thanks for your patience. Enjoy the show. Welcome to What's Next. With me as my guest today is Heather Skaggs. Hi, Heather. Hello. I'm so happy to have you with us. Heather is a real estate agent who has worked with Remax here in Juneau for the last six years. And I'd love to tell you or ask you shortly about how you got into it. Heather and I, for full disclosure, we have worked together in her role as an agent. And I thought I would start uh, by way of an introduction, just what you want to hear, I'm sure, Heather, by reading some of your reviews. And then we're going to dive into a lot of nitty gritty. But I want to introduce people to you, and that's a great way to do it. So these are from Zillow, which I imagine is just anybody that wants to post for our audience. Heather managed my stress in a healthy, positive, and productive manner. Overall, I felt listened to, valued, and confident. I was being treated fairly. Heather found our dream house and facilitated every aspect of the process from the initial offer to the closing with knowledge, grace, and humor. What I loved most about Heather is that she listened to our preferences and understood who we were as potential buyers and what we wanted in a new home. This was my first time working with a realtor and we shopped around for a while. What led us to settle down and work with Heather was her flexibility and responsiveness, but most of all, her ability to navigate my wife's and my desires in a way that promoted. Those are some good reviews. Congrats. Thank you. All right. I love how specific they are in some really important pieces of home buying. All right. It's true. It's very important to me that um, the job I do, I do well. We are recording in what I want to say is, well, I don't know where we are in a pandemic, but it's been a while. And uh, as listeners will undoubtedly know, the housing market has been pretty crazy. And there are so many things we could talk about. But what I wanted to start with, there's so many different life transitions that can involve home ownership, property ownership. What we talked about today, focusing on someone who is thinking about buying their first home and helping them through that process with some really nuts and bolts information. And to get us started, before we even talk about the whole process, I wanted to just step back and think about, well, what is a real estate agent? What does that mean with that question? And I also want to know how one becomes an agent, but we don't have to start there. Okay. Well, I, you know, my job, I often say my job is to keep 
as much of my client's money in their pocket as I possibly can. Um, there are several opportunities for negotiation throughout a real estate transaction. Uh, and I am doing my best to make sure that you get what you want without overpaying whenever possible. Sometimes the market doesn't allow for that. Sometimes it comes down to how badly does your heart want this and what are you willing to do to get it? Um, but so a lot of my job is protecting your money, my client's money. And that is why I don't, um, I don't operate on both sides of a transaction. Uh, I don't work for a seller and for a buyer in the for the same property because I can't possibly do that for two people at the same time. So uh, my job is to listen to people, find out what they want. Are there agents that do that? Because I know that that is one, this is what, yeah. There are, and there's a very legal and appropriate and responsible way to do it. And there are plenty of people that do exactly that. And there are some situations where it's um, less difficult to do than others. Say it's a piece of raw land. There's no structures on it. There's no negotiating of repairs. There's no negotiating um, on personal property or anything like that, that can be a little easier to um, maneuver every party in a transaction altogether. But um, so yes, it absolutely can be done. And there are plenty of people uh, locally that do it exactly the way it's intended to be done. It's just not something that I do. And let's just big picture, what does it mean Let's just start with the education. What's the training to be an agent? Yeah, there's lots of classes that you need to take on ethics and contracts and um, all the different areas um, of contract negotiations and just real estate in general. Um, there's a lot of things you have to learn that probably like in every um, profession, there are a lot of very specific things that you absolutely have to learn that you then never use again in real life. Um, so for me, it took a pretty long time to complete the education portions before I could take my test just because I was, um, I was working at around a million other life obstacles. And so I probably spent six months doing something that, probably could have done in a month if that was the only thing I was doing. Um, so it's, you know, doing the, I want to say maybe 60 hours of uh, practice before, and then there's a large exam. And then once you get that exam, you submit all that information to the state and assuming all of your other ducks line up the way they're supposed to, you get a real estate license. And I know 
there's so there's the education, right? I know going to law school, it's, it was a great education, but it did not prepare me to be a lawyer. Do you also with on the ground, I imagine? 100%. Yes. The things that I learned in the books, some of them very useful and very important. Um, there's a lot of language that I didn't know before that I know now, but I think really just like probably most professions in life, I think the real, um, the benefit comes from the experience and seeing how things play out over and over and over again. Uh, that, that, that is the most beneficial education, right? Because sometimes it goes really bad and sometimes there's something that you could have done about it. And sometimes there's not, but it, you know, it doesn't always go well. And that's not something you learn in a book. Right. Well, it's such an emotional process to buy a home. It is such an emotional Um, process. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. (laughs) Uh, What drew you to wanting to get into this line of work? You know, it's, it's something that I had toyed around with for many years before I finally decided um, to take action. Um, I love not doing the same thing every day. Um, I am a people person and I am a helper just by nature. So it all just kind of fit with, uh, with real estate. And I loved so I started six years ago. So I have three kids that were all six years younger than they are now. And it was very lovely to be able to coordinate things around their schedules. Um, so I, I love talking. I love people. I love helping them. And it all just works out. <laughs> Great. I love that it was a good choice. You seem happy with the decision which it's easy I had many different paths that sounded great and then didn't work out because it seems like well everyone should know what an agent does right and yet do we really so you don't need an agent to buy a home so if someone's thinking about it how how would you define the role beyond someone to help you buy a home. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely, um, a lot of protection in a solid contract. Um, so for starters, right. That's, that's huge. I I think that a lot of people might be interested in buying a property that's listed for sale by owner because um, there's an assumption that there's going to be a financial savings there. And sometimes that may be true, but when it's not, it's more often than not a really expensive discovery 
Um, so, you know, keeping in mind that in Alaska, um, I can't, I can't speak for other states. I'm only licensed in Alaska, but in Alaska, um, in, in, unless there's some specific thing negotiated differently, it is the seller of a property, um, that pays real estate commission and how that is, um, divvied up between the realtors involved is, is a private, uh, contract between the seller of the property and the realtor as a buyer, right? You choose, um, a realtor that in all honesty, you choose a realtor that you are okay with spending some time with, because the fact of the matter is, is you're going to be spending some time together. It is not very often that somebody walks in to one house and says, I love it, let's buy it. And that's that. It sometimes is a process. Uh, the house that I'm in now, I think it was well over a year that um, our realtor showed us properties before we committed to this property. So it's sometimes a very long process. So you pick somebody that you can have honest, open conversations with, um, that you know has your back, right? And for a buyer, the expense involved with having a realtor that works for you and is taking care of you um, lands on the shoulders of the seller of the property that you decide to buy. Is, is that overly complicated? I don't think so. So I think what you're, what I'm hearing is that the role of an agent is to to work with you. And I think we'll get into some more of those details in terms of helping you. But then bottom line is, as you think about, do I want an agent? You're saying, well, know that uh, while sometimes there might be financial savings, there is typically that's going to be the seller will pay the cost. Right. Um, and, and as a seller, as far as trying to decide if you want to list your house for sale by owner, or if you want to hire a realtor to represent you and to show your property, I think out, outside of some of the stressful things that you can avoid, like scheduling showings and scheduling inspections and vetting people that want to see your home to make sure that uh, they're qualified to buy your home, right? Because uh, nobody likes their time wasted. So outside of all of that, I think you, you have to really consider the safety of um someone who is skilled with contracts and negotiations and someone who has relationships with the lenders and the home inspectors and the structural engineers, you, you know, there's so much value in hiring a realtor. And on the flip side of that, it can be a really heartbreaking 
and or expensive um, realization if you try to go it alone and then something doesn't go right. Sometimes it goes perfectly, right? Sometimes a for sale by owner situation just falls right in place and everyone involved is absolutely thrilled. But when it goes bad and you've done it on your own, it can be very expensive. And if someone, and, and we'll talk about the, the pieces, I see you largely as a, a matchmaker in a lot of those, <laughs> you know, you know, the people that to put people in touch with and, and work someone through the process, which really is, there's a lot to it. And it's such a huge investment. Um, so when someone is, is wanting to hire a realtor, do you have any tips for how to decide if you talked about wanting someone that you're okay with a long-term relationship with or the eager about the long-term relationship with someone? Is it appropriate to call agents and ask to interview them or how would one go about finding Absolutely. Their, their perfect match? Absolutely. I think it's a very personal decision. Um, so my suggestion is that you need to find someone that you have a fairly simple communication with. Um, they, you know, some, sometimes you, you feel like you say something in a very clear way and the person that you just said it to takes it a whole other direction. Um, and you, so you need to make sure that your communication style gels so that when you're asking for things, they know what to give you. Um, so my suggestions are ask your friends who they've worked with and what they liked and they didn't like, um, talk with realtors, make sure that you've got that dialogue uh, that works for you and that you're comfortable with, <clears throat> and then ask them questions that a few things that are important to you, ask them how they handle situations or um, whatever it is that's important to you, just ask them. But I think that you probably get the most um, honest feedback from people that have already used a realtor. Because you know, you know your aunt, your cousin, your best friend, they're gonna tell you that person was fantastic or that whole situation was tragic, tragic and don't ever make me do it again. They're gonna be honest with you and tell you. All right, so ask around. Ask around. And then start asking the agents. All right. So let's switch now to the actual process. So I am thinking someone comes to you and they are thinking about, and maybe they've, let's say they've already talked to you some, interviewed you, they want to work with you and thinking about buying a home. How do do you talk to them at all about the money, right? It's a huge investment. Um, where would you, I guess what I'm wondering is that are there people that would ever come to you and then you start talking about money and realize that they need to wait? Do you ever play a role in that kind of early? Or maybe I say, look, I'm renting now. I know I can't buy a home yet, <laughs> but Heather, I'm interested in working with you. And how do I decide what's the time? 
or who can I work with to help me get ready? Right. And the first, yes, definitely the first part of every conversation that you have with a potential new client is um, to get them in touch with a reputable lender because I, I cannot answer those questions for them. I can't tell them what they can afford. I, I want to give my clients um, the best of me and connect them with other people throughout the process that will give them their best also. So I, there's nothing about me that's a lender. Um, I can't recommend to you what is the best um, option tax-wise for your buying or selling, but I know people that do that. So step one is finding a lender that is going to tell you several things. A lender is either going to say, you are golden, you are ready to buy, this is how high you can go. They're going to say, you're so close. Do X, Y, and Z for the next eight months, and then we'll be ready to go, right? Um, or they're going to say, that you you got a road ahead of you. And the beauty about that, I know that people are often hesitant to take that step into pre-qualification for several reasons. And one is that they're kind of scared to know the answer. But the fantastic thing is that, you know, knowledge is power. And once you know the thing that you've been doing wrong in your finances, you and you can fix it, then you can start the process of fixing it and you can work towards home ownership. You, you don't know what you don't know, right? So lender is number one. And you said reputable lender, which I would imagine is helpful to help yourself. <laughs> but then are there other, uh, I think I've heard that there's, if you're potentially wanting a house and there's different uh, people making offers that the lender that you have could play a role in whether you get the the offer accepted. Is that? Yes. Sometimes play. Yes. If, um, and, and this, this is part of that experience that, um, you want with a realtor on your side. I mean, I could, I could take this back to the for sale by owner situation, especially in this market where you have more buyers, right. Than sellers. So it is incredibly common right now to have more than one offer on a property. So I can look at three offers for one property and, um, while one might be offering more money, there are other contingencies and other factors um, that are just as important as that $1 amount. So yes, your choice in lender can um, help or hurt you in some situations. And does lender matter in terms of how, what percent I'm going to have to put down on my first home? Lender doesn't matter. Um, loan program matters. And your lender is going to be able to help you decide what is the best route for you. Is it 
a low down payment that you need the most. They're going to help you, you know, prioritize what it is you need, and then they can find a loan program to suit your needs. All right. And so someone goes through that process. So can they come to you? Then they get to their lender and they get that pre-qualification, which I want you to define. Let's start there. Yeah. So that pre-qualification means that you've been to a lender, they've pulled your credit, they've checked your income, they've checked your debts, they've they've put it into their magical lender system, and they've said, this is how much money our bank, our institution is willing to lend you. Okay, so that's your budget, right? Um, I need that before I can present offers on your behalf because what what would be the value in that? If I, if I wrote an offer and I said, we will pay you $600,000 for your house. We can't really prove that we have $600,000 or that we can get $600,000, but that's how much we'll buy it for. Not going to get you very far, huh? It doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. So we have to have that pre-qualification letter um, and, you know, that um, application going before we can really get serious about submitting offers on properties. All right. So before I get to do the fun part of actually looking at dream houses, um, first time home buyers need to figure out some money things and then they come to you. And then what tips do you have about finding a home? Um, I ask questions and I also show, I will send a bunch of properties and I will say, tell me what you love and hate about each of these, because it's going to help me figure out what I should be looking for, for you. So location, like you can always change the house. You can't change where it is. Right. So location is, is really important. There are people that can't live anywhere, but Douglas. And there are people that will never live in Douglas, no matter what. Right. So that's what we have to know. We have to know where do you want to be? And we have to know what are the deal breakers? What, what must it must have what, and then we can start narrowing it down from there. And then sometimes I'm going to show you things that don't necessarily fit the parameters that we've previously discussed. I do make sure that they fit the financial parameters. I'm not going to show you a house $400,000 over uh, your budget. So they're, they're always, they're always going to match the, the financial parameters, but sometimes I will send things that um, people have said, we can't have a house unless it has a huge pantry, but then I show them something with no pantry, but maybe a phenomenal deck, well, you know, cause there's always trade-offs. And then they say, always oh, trade-offs, right? Oh, actually, maybe we do want to see that. And that is, that is a really fun part of the process is now, you know, you can buy a house, right? Um, you've got a lender on your team. Now, you know, that you get to buy a house and now we just start looking at what's out there. 
That's very fun. How often do you work with first-time home buyers that have no idea what, or they think they want something and then. Yes. It's totally yes. different. It's so true. And, and also you'll notice that I noticed that it, um, it just kind of slowly shifts as we continue looking at more places, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. And you may think that a townhouse is, is absolutely not on your list of things that you want at all. And then you see a few and it, you start to change your mind. So it, it, it shifts the more you look. And I always want people to look at as many houses as they can stand because you have to get in there and you have to really look at things to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And it's just not the same with the pictures. Your perfect house might not be on the market for 30 years. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? It's like, oh, right. You don't just get to pick. <laughs> you only have so many options. Right. Um, but to share my personal search, Heather, we, so first I want to say we lived on a boat because Juno housing is very expensive and we bought a boat and lived there for a couple of years. Now, granted, some of that time I was off at school and my husband lived alone on the boat, but that was such a good financial decision. So I'm just putting out, there are really good decisions one can make before buying a home. And then we were looking at condos and sure enough, ended up seeing this home, this cute little home that was or it looked horrible inside, but um, I think it would have been one of those that wasn't the, I'm sure our realtor was like, well, just maybe look at this one, who knows? And it fit perfectly or now we're happy. All right. Yeah. So once you never one, know. Yeah. 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 And all those factors, that's a good point to consider. Um, so someone finds something they're interested in, in their budget, Yep. So now, yep. So, so the way it goes from here is that we, we put an offer together um, and everything's in there, how much you're going to pay for it. uh, What contingencies are uh, make that purchase price dependent. So what you're going to say, I'll give you $400,000, and there, but there's always a but, right? I'm going to give you $400,000, but if this, this, or this happens, then I'm not stuck to that $400,000 agreement. Um, so if, if we write an offer on a property and the seller, sorry, the sellers accept it. Um, so the next step is getting a home inspection and what now what we're looking for is things about the property that we didn't know when we made the initial offer. The things that you probably didn't see, maybe the first, maybe you, you looked at the house twice before putting in the offer. Um, so that is the crawl space and the attic and under the sinks and, um, you know, all of those things. So there's that home inspection. It's a really, really important part of the process that's part of your due diligence and you need to know what you're buying and you need to be able to say, yep, that's okay. I'll take it just like that. Or 
I'm still in love with it, but there are a few things that need to be fixed before I'm willing to take this on. Um, you might do a home inspection and get the report back and think, uh, this, this, this is way more than what I anticipated and way more than I want to take on. So I just um, want to break up um, quickly. So, so you yeah. do an, make an offer and then if that's accepted, which it might not be, but usually right. that turnaround is, is a, can be a matter of days, right? Between offer yes. and whether you get it or not. Okay. Yep. And then there's this home inspection, which I know is key. And who is controlling and paying for the inspection? The buyer. That inspector works for the buyer and the buyer pays for the home inspection. You own that information. Um, is it required or just desired? In it is, you, it is not required. You can skip it. I would never, ever let anybody skip it without giving it my all. Um, I you know, there might be some, they're about $600 and there might be someone that's like, you know, my, my uncle is a contractor in New Jersey and he sees stuff like this all the time and we'll just FaceTime and I don't need to spend $600. It's, it's a gamble and it could be a really expensive gamble, right? So that $600 is pretty worth it. Okay, uh, so buyers uh, paying that, and they're paying out of their pocket. And yep. who does inspections? What's their training? What are they? There is some sort of a, well, I don't know exactly what their training is, but they are licensed home inspectors, and there are several of them in town. Um. And they're, you know, they're bonded and they have been trained to look for very specific things in a home. Things under the hood. Things under the hood. Absolutely. Maybe structural issues. Like you said, the attic, the things you didn't get to see. The things that you didn't see when you submitted the offer. Um, And then you have an opportunity to ask the seller. Okay, start that over. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Um, then you have an opportunity to ask the sellers to to fix, to repair, to remedy some of those issues that were discovered during the home inspection. That entire process is a negotiation. It's not very common that everybody, everybody is 100%, 100% thrilled with the outcome. Um, but usually we can get everybody um, good with the situation. You know, the sellers aren't probably going to be thrilled that they might have to drop a few thousand dollars on a new hot water heater. And the buyers probably aren't going to be thrilled that they asked for a new deck railing, but you know, the, the sellers said, Nope, that's it. I'm not doing a new deck railing. So it is a give and a take and it's a little bit of a back and forth. Um, and it can be a stressful part of the process for everybody. So we get through that. We get through the home inspection. Next up appraisal. And the bank is going to require an appraisal. 
Um, because the appraisal is the part where someone has says, this is how much. So it sounds like it's a very detailed, very long report um, with lots of mathematical calculations based on sold in the recent past. Whenever the appraiser looks at the, the quality of the home, the, you know, the way it's finished and the interior and the exterior and uh, the neighborhood and all, all of the things. So they put together a, a pretty long, it's a, it's a long read. Appraisals are a long. That appraiser said home is actually worth $435,000. Okay. So um, your offer is contingent on the home appraising for at least the amount that you've agreed to pay for it. So if it doesn't, that's another um, important negotiation phase. So now if it appraises four thirty-five, then you you agreed to pay for um, the contract. You do. You do. If, if if everyone can't come to terms, um, then you have an out because your offer stipulated that. You know, your, your offer is only good if the appraisal comes in at that amount. And there's a lot of different things that can happen at that point if the appraisal comes in low. There's a, a renegotiation of purchase price that um, <clears throat> is pretty likely. Uh, there's also, you know, it might mean that if no one will budge, um, the, the buyer may need to bring some cash to that transaction that they hadn't necessarily put. On. <clears throat> on the flip side, if you've you know agreed to pay four fifty for that house contingent on it appraising for that, and it appraises appraises high state appraises it $475,000 um well then it's your lucky day and then you got on to signing signing a bunch of paperwork signing a bunch of paperwork and I'll tell you what a lot of it is very redundant but it is what the banks need and it is what the title company needs. And that's just, that's just what we have to do sometimes. All right. So once they sign the paperwork, then they get to move in and live happily. Then we get after. to move in. Absolutely. All right. And hopefully, hopefully you say that was, that was at times stressful and a little overwhelming, but completely worth it. Well, thanks, Heather. I think that'll be helpful. I mean, there are so many different steps and I think that just living it is an important part of 
you know, you learn as you grow. <laughs> um, but I hope this will be helpful for some. And I have some other sort of here and there uh, follow-up questions for you. Do you, okay, yeah. do you know anything about, this is specific for Alaskans, but the uniquely Alaska loan for anyone interested in something rural, if they could afford, um, have a house. Do I know anything about it? Mm-hmm. I don't. All right. I mean, honestly, Liz, I don't. I would say, let's find you a lender that knows all of the ins and outs of that. Yeah. So that question came from someone that lives in a smaller Alaska town, which is where our audience uh-huh. may be. And they had heard that um, someone, if there wasn't a, a conventional foundation system, that maybe they could get some type of a loan. Um, and it looks like it is a program through Alaska Housing that um, might help. And do so you much. mean like the 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 foundation of uh, a building? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that there might be. I think Alaska Housing does do stuff like that, and um, and you know those programs are ever changing and. Um, the funding varies, right? So we definitely, you know, want to keep in touch with our lenders that see those things shifting and changing and know when maybe a program is coming to an end or restarting or things like that because Alaska Housing and, and all of those, you know, organizations have to be able to fund those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine there's a whole expertise and and how, like you said, to go to the um, uh, find someone that knows the the funding pieces, the programs that they can move you into. Uh, I think that that is one of the most valuable things that I can sometimes say to someone and then back up by showing them is that I don't know the answer but I will find you someone that does know the answer because you know, the people <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that we exactly. might not. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about um, buying versus renting for someone? How do you, did people ever ask you and how would you advise? Yeah, all the time. I, I think that there's, there's always a few key components to renting versus buying. And for some people, it's just that um, they're not ready to, uh, you know, put roots down. Maybe they they only anticipate living here for a few months or a year, or they, they really just don't know, right? They don't know how long they want to be somewhere and they're not ready to buy. And that, that's, that makes perfect sense, right? Um, and then there's just a lot of people that are qualified and they just don't know it um because like like i said earlier it can be scary to take that initial step in reaching out to a lender and providing them with your financials and waiting for them to get back to you and tell you um if you're approved or not Mm -hmm. and you know there's there's genuinely no harm in finding out 
because maybe they say no. They say you haven't been at your job long enough or you don't make enough money. You have too much debt, right? But then on the flip side of that, they're going to say, here's what you can do to correct the situation, assuming that you want to correct it. Maybe you're completely fine paying somebody else's mortgage. Um, but the benefits to home ownership with tax write-offs and uh, just the, the freedom to do to the property what you want to do to it, um, those are those are big. And there's a lot of pride in home ownership. So um, a lot of people rent because they don't know how long they're going to be somewhere. And a lot of people rent because they just don't know that they can buy. And knowledge is power. So why not find out? All right. That seems like a great place to wrap or start wrapping up. I have one more question. I want to say that one of my biggest takeaways is when you said you can change the home, but not the location. As I think about right. our next move, I think that's, yeah, I do a lot of thinking about space and what that means and where to put money in on a home. And so for listeners that are thinking of buying a home, it does not end. <laughs> There's lots of, uh, when is it time to fix things? And I think it's a great, a great process, but there's a lot to it. Um, right. I, I do just quickly want to say for anyone thinking about a home, it changes for sure some of what would happen if something happened to you when unexpected. And I would encourage you, that was very vague, uh, but I'd invite you to watch a webinar that I do regularly. You can check lizsmithlaw.com slash events, and I'd love to educate you about some more of that piece. Um, is there anything you want to say before um, my final question? And then I'll ask how people can find you, but anything before then or otherwise, Heather? I don't think so. I think we've done a good job. I think so too. Thank you. Um, so what I want to ask is, this is a podcast about uh, transitions, life transitions. Is there a specific piece of advice you have for anyone listening that would relate to if you want to share a particular transition in your life or just one that we all experience and any piece of advice? Well, I would, you know, home ownership is, is a pretty significant um, life decision, right? And life change. And so I, I would say to people, be willing to put yourself out there to the people that are experts in what you're trying to accomplish. That is definitely a recurring theme in my way of doing business. Um, I don't know everything. I'm not trying to know everything but I do know a lot of people and I do know people that I can put in your path that are experts in what it is that you're looking for and that can help you. So instead of winging it, take the time to find somebody who has the experiences and the education to point you in the direction that you want to head down. All right. And how can people find you, Heather? 
People can find me by, you can call me and you can text me at area code 907-957-0407. I'm with Remax of Juno and you can go to homesinjuno.com and you can find me on our website. You can find me on Facebook um, and under Juno Living with Heather Skaggs. And I am pretty darn responsive to inquiries and random questions. So bring them my way and I'll be happy to answer and help wherever I can. All right. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. That's all for this week. You can find show notes for this show and prior episodes and future episodes at lizsmithlaw.com. And if you're interested in scheduling a meeting with us to find out what your next step would be for your estate planning, visit us at bit.ly slash mygiftfromlsl. Again, that's bit.ly slash mygiftfromlsl. Or find the link at lizsmithlaw.com. We look forward to seeing you again right here, same place, same time, two weeks from now. Thank you so much.